Hi, I'm Matthew McFarland. And I'm Eddie Estrada. And this is Highbrow. Lowbrow. Wow. I can't believe we're finally doing it. I know. We've been talking about this for a while now. This has been a podcast dream of ours. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know us, um, for those of you who aren't friends and family who uh, are obligated to watch and listen to us or friends of us from our other podcast, Hot and Bravoed, uh, I'm Matthew McFarland. And I'm Eddie Estrada. And uh, we are two best, best friends who live in New York City. And, uh, you know, Eddie and I, uh, we first became friends a couple years ago. And uh, I would say that, like, we bonded over quite a few things. I think the first thing we ever did together was we went to go see Frozen 2. Oh, yeah. Which is, and I cried because I'd never seen Frozen 1. And so you made me watch Frozen 1 yes. before we so, went to go see Frozen 2. We started 2. watching movies together pretty quickly. Like, we, we found that we loved watching movies. We loved talking about them. Um but there was one thing um, that we noticed. Um, so my taste in film, so I have loved the Oscar race. I have uh, followed it since I was a little kid. Um, I uh, follow the fe- the, music- the movie festival circuit, so Cannes and uh, Telluride and Venice and Toronto. Um, I really follow the Oscar race every year. I am obsessed with the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, all of that stuff, the PGA, the DGA. So my my favorite movies, most of them are very what you call highbrow. They're rarefied. They're um, luxurious. You they, also are an actor, so right. These are the kind of movies that you know. Right. Like I watch these movies and in. I go, oh god, I want to be these actors. Like I yes. want to. Yes. So um, I would not say that that is your um your area of expertise. What would you say is your um? So I just like movies. Like I think every movie that we have seen, I'm like. I liked it, even if it was terrible. And so my taste is, I have no taste. I will literally watch anything and everything. I'm like a garbage disposal. Throw it all in, I'll eat it all up. Yeah, so more... And I love it. And I love I love funny comedies, movies that like people will gloss over regularly. But I'm like, no, this is, this is a good movie. But I also watched a lot of these movies as a child or in my uh-huh. teens and preteens. And yeah. I have a lot of emotional attachments to these movies <laughs> and it's it's funny because i'm shocked that you haven't seen these films but you consider them lowbrow yes um and he that's that's not to say that they're not good some of these no. films are great like they're cult classics for a reason but some like the one we're going to talk about today um are not so great so basically how this works is we're going to pick each week one of our favorite actors that we love, that we has a career that we just think is so great for so many reasons. Um, a lot of these amazing actors that we know and love have had both of these types of movies in, in their repertoire. And this is what we found was we like the same actors, but because of different movies. <laughs> for, for completely <laughs> different reasons, yes. So basically, um, and so like I said, most of the highbrow movies I have seen and most of the lowbrow movies Eddie has seen. So what we're going to do is we've each asked each other to watch the opposite movie. So I watched the lowbrow movie, which I haven't seen, and Eddie watched the highbrow film, which he has not seen. And we are now going to have a little discussion about what we discovered. But before we get into that, let's get into our highbrow and lowbrow moment of the week. Because obviously we're friends first. Yes. So we want to know what's going down. So what is your highbrow classy moment of the week? And what's your lowbrow not so classy moment of the week. Uh, well, let's see. Um, oh, you know what? You know what's pretty highbrow? I work in a Broadway theater. Okay. 
And um, this is also like a little bit of a plug. Uh, I uh, work front of house at a Broadway theater. And uh, currently, right now at the theater, is Death of a Salesman, the revival of the amazing Arthur Miller play um, with a uh, predominantly black cast. Uh, it's a transfer from the West End, uh, starring the incredible Wendell Pierce and Sharon D. Clark. Um, I have been working there every night, and I feel very, very fancy because it is a brilliant piece of theater performed by a brilliant group of actors. I feel very, very she-she when I'm there. And my lowbrow, I honestly didn't get to that this week uh, in terms of watching something shitty. And this isn't really lowbrow. I actually like it a lot. It's just more like underground. But you know Hot Wings? Yeah. The hot ones on the YouTube series where people eat wings and they just like... Well, uh, I guess my highbrow moment of the week is I saw Avatar re-release. Oh my god! I can't believe I didn't make that my highbrow moment. Yes. Oh. Um, which we saw in IMAX with 3D. Holy shit, man. And it made me cry. I had seen the movie when I was younger, but I didn't realize how good the movie was. I don't give a shit what anyone says. That movie holds up a hundred thousand. It was, it was amazing, but I feel very cultured for having finally seen it and realizing the story and everything that it's about. Um, what was your lowbrow moment? My lowbrow moment of the week. I mean, it's my life. Let's be real. Oh. <laughs> I mean, no, what I usually watch. So like, I mean, I guess lowbrow, you can consider it lowbrow, but like, I went through the entire new Chucky series. Um, I'm a big horror fan, and most people consider horror to be very lowbrow. Um, but plug, if you haven't seen the Chucky series, season two comes out on October 5th of 2022. Season one was great. If you're a horror fan, there's so many like scene shots and fun stuff that are like, you know, uh, they're cheesy, but it's good. So yeah. I guess that's my lowbrow moment. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not trolling the streets like you. So I guess mine's has to stay on this, on the TV screen. That's, that's smart. That's smart. That's good. That's good. Okay. So should we get into the actor of the week? Um, yes. Okay. So do you want to announce or do I want to announce? Um, go ahead. You can announce. Okay. Just because he shares the same name as me, our actor this week <laughs> is Eddie Murphy. Do you want to give a little bit of background about Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy uh, got a start in SNL and then in the 80s, like, became a very, very popular actor in things like 48 Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, and Coming to America. That's probably his most famous, one of his most yes. famous films. Um, and then he made some very interesting choices later in his career, which we'll get into later. But then in 2006, 2007, he was one of the featured actors in the incredible movie musical that we're talking about today, the highbrow film of the day, which is Dreamgirls. So the highbrow movie today is Dreamgirls. Eddie, what's the lowbrow movie? So the lowbrow movie <laughs> came out the same year as Dreamgirls. And that is probably one of my favorite films from childhood, which is, <laughs> and I say that, with a grain of salt because I rewatched this movie now. <laughs> um, but it's Norbit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Eddie had the pleasure, the privilege, the honor of watching dream girls. And, um, I had to watch Norbit. So, uh, before we get into this, how do we get introduced to this movie? For me, my father, whose name is also Edward, also an Ed, Eddie, is a major Eddie Murphy fan. I grew up being a major Eddie Murphy fan. I think I've seen most, if not all of his films. I grew up on like The Nutty Professor. I grew up on Norbit. I grew up on like Daddy Daycare. I grew up on like yes. Empire in Brooklyn. Yes. Training Places. Like all these all these movies that he is in, I've, I've seen. Yes. So I'm, I like to consider myself an Eddie Murphy aficionado, but I hadn't seen 
his highbrow movies. Right. But like you are way more of an Eddie Murphy aficionado than I am. Yeah. And so how did you get into Dream Girls? Well, I mean, I'm a musical. You're gay. Th- yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> raging homosexual. Um, I am a musical theater queen. Um, it's my lifeblood. And this came out when I was 16. And I saw it so many times in the theaters. Um, Dream Girls, for those of you who don't know, is originally a musical um, that is ba- loosely based on the life stories and rumors of the Supremes. Loosely. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about so, it. So um, it's an incredible musical with um, some incredibly famous songs like And I Am Telling You I'm Not Going. Um, and they adapted it to a film in 2006 and I saw it multiple times. It was Jennifer Hudson's big breakout moment after American Idol um, mm. and Beyonce. It was uh, one of her first big films that she did. Um, it was, so there was no reason, there was no way I was not going to go see it. Yeah. And despite a little bit of clunky direction from Bill Condon, the film is so well done. The cast is incredible. It's visually beautiful. Um, and I couldn't get enough of it. So it's been in, it's, I, I would say it's one of the best movie musicals of all time. Mm. Not the best. It's like in the top 10. Um, but yeah, I just love, I, it's, it's one that I will always pop on if I'm feeling, and you know, Norbert yeah. I hadn't seen in years, but this movie I saw in theaters, I was 14 probably. <laughs> I'm two years younger than yeah. you. Uh, and I, we bought the movie on DVD and I probably watched it a hundred thousand times. Oh like I used God. to be able to quote this movie. I mean, we'll get into it, but I don't know how you fucking did that. I, 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 it's, it, I could quote this movie, even watching it again. I was able to like redo lines and I was like, say, and I would remember things before they even happened. It was, it was such a nostalgic watch for me because I do have so many memories of just being with like my brother and our family friends, like running around at our cabin after having watched Norbit and just being like, I don't weigh no 300 pounds. I weigh 165. How you doing? Like Jesus Christ. Nonstop. And to be, and, so to be fair, what what was your awareness of Dreamgirls? I knew it was a musical. I knew Beyonce was in it. And I hadn't seen it because I, you know, I was in a musical. I mean, I did musical theater, but like my musical theater as a child was I went to an all uh, private school and we would do like the Beatitudes or like Christmas in Hawaii. And they were like Jesus plays. So like my musical theater was like. Malekaliki Maka is the <laughs> cool. Okay, great. So um, the lowbrow started early for you. Um, it was good. really early. It started yeah, the with pieces the pieces are coming together. Um, Norbit, I only knew about it. I did not see it. I only knew about it, and we'll get into this later because it adversely. It's still believed to this day that it adversely affected Eddie Murphy's chances of winning the Oscar for Dreamgirls. But we're going to get into that later. So that is my own, but that is my only awareness of that film, that it was so bad that it almost ruined Eddie Murphy's career. He wasn't going to ruin his well, career. Well, no, but that's just what you heard on the street. Okay. So, okay. So okay. I kept his career alive. <laughs> Eddie Murphy can Clearly. thank me. Okay. So now what we're going to do is, Eddie, you're going to give me a synopsis of Dreamgirls. Since you just saw it, it's fresh. Um, what is the plot? So, can I say what I thought the plot was going to be initially? Oh my God, please. So uh, what I wrote was initial thoughts. Dream girls is about a girl that will dream the most <laughs> about which girl will dream the most. My bets on Beyonce. No. We will see. It's not about that. No, it's not about dreamers. It is not. It is the Diana Ross story. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. It's basically a movie about destiny's child. 
um, before they, dro- they dropped their fourth member. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dream Girl. I mean, is, you're not wrong. It's it's actually not. <laughs> there's a lot of parallels and a lot of different things. hundred percent. But um, uh, Eddie Murphy is in this film called Dream Girls. Uh, and it is about three friends who come up from nothing and become the biggest sensation out of like Motown, essentially. Like the Supremes. And it's about the conflicts that they have within the group, the conflicts that they have with the people that are managing them and helping them succeed. Like what is their art really going to be for? Is it for themselves or is it for the money? Um, It's about relationships. It's about struggle and overcoming life. It's just, uh, it was, it made me cry. I like, hate to say, I I was like, "Mm." and then at the end of the movie, I was like, I was in tears. Uh, It was, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Yes. So you basically got it right. So yes, these three girls from Detroit, um, uh, they go to a singing competition. Uh, they don't win, but they are discovered by, um, a, uh, a, a man named Curtis who's trying to become a manager played by the um, wonderful Jamie Foxx in the mm, film. He's very good. And he uh, finagles his way into uh, James Thunder Early's uh, orbit, which is played Eddie by Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And he convinces Eddie Murphy's character to take on the three girls as his backup. And it sort of starts their career. Eventually Curtis finagles the girls to kind of branch off from James Thunder Early and become the dreams they go from being dreamettes to dreams and um conflicts begin there because um effie played by the amazing jennifer hudson who's usually the front woman of the group is sidelined to the back and beyonce's character um uh uh oh my gosh what is her name it's effie dream one i call them dream one dream two and dream three dina dina jones dina i do not remember a single person you're rattling off these names like i would know them all i have is their real name (laughs) Yes, okay. I do know me and names. It's not going to work. Yes. They're, they're dream one, dream two, and then and dream you have, three. Well, so you, yeah, and then you also have Anika Noni Rose. Uh, Broadway's amazing Anika Noni Rose playing uh, Laurel. So At the beginning, and then she plays Lisa Rinna with oh. that wig. But that's, that's a whole completely <laughs> wait, different story. Wait, 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 we'll get there. So yeah, um, uh, conflicts arise when um, uh, Lena, or sorry, Dina becomes the front woman of the group. Um, there's a falling out where Effie leaves. De- a decade goes by where the dreams sort of ascend and Effie's left behind. Uh, with a new girl. With, yes. With a, with a baby of her own. And with a baby daughter of her own. Mm. Um, but eventually, um, Curtis's misdeeds are um, exposed. Uh, the dreams reunite with Effie all as well. Except, unfortunately, uh, James Thunder Early's character does die of a heroin overdose. Um, that is a that is a conflict that uh, is sort of uh, hinted at throughout the entire piece that Jane that Thunder Early's um, is just between cheating on his wife and drugs and alcohol he he's living the life of like a, of like a rock and roller yeah um, and it ends up being his demise. So yeah, you pretty much got it. How, what was your? Give me some highlights, like your favorite characters, your favorite moments. Your I mean, Lisa oh, Rinna's haircut. Go for I it. I have a lot. So first was. Jaleel White had a cameo at the beginning. I was like, Urkel? Urkel's in this movie? <laughs> it was a small cameo, but I, of course, was freaking out about it. Um, also, I love their first song that they did. It was called, like, Move It. I wrote a quote. You better move. Yeah, my favorite line was, heart. you're so horribly satanic, always got me feeling like the Titanic. I was like, brilliant, brilliant songwriting. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Eddie Murphy was playing himself. He is literally playing himself in this movie, except I he has like a million kids I, with his wife. I don't think he's cheating, but I don't know his whole backstory, so don't count me on that. Um, uh, white people ruin everything was my next note. Yeah. Um, That's a big theme <sighs> in this movie. <laughs> um, we need more straight performers. 
We need the straights back. Oh my we god, need the straights back in the arts is what I what I said. Oh my um, god. Oh, because all the people in the movie are straight. Well, all the dancers. Oh yes. And I yes, was like, yes, we, yes. Need, we need more. We need <laughs> more fucking stupid. heterosexuals in the arts. Um, he's kidding. Can he? I'm not. Oh, uh, <laughs> can he even sing? I also said that about MLK once in my life. Um, when, oh, when, when they were, when they made the MLK record. You have, yeah, please give people reference who haven't seen okay. the film. Sorry. So. In the, in the film, um, Effie's getting a, a recording contract, essentially, but they make a record for MLK's speech first. And she's the like... I have a dream speech. Yeah. And she's like, can you even sing? And I was like, girl, same. I, that's what I thought. But it was great. It was all a joke. And I loved that. I loved that uh, little thing. Um, I really had a problem with Effie throughout the whole movie. Oh, okay. Until the end. Yeah, um, most people do. Like, I was like, girl, you need to go to therapy. I don't, but she should. Um oh my God. Uh, so another big thing of this movie for me was, um, and I'm telling you is like the big song. It's like it act one finale. So uh, a couple a couple months ago, I went to go see uh, a film, uh, not a film. I went to go see a musical called Wicked, um, which I hadn't seen since I was younger. And let me tell you, when they sang "Defying Gravity" before an mission, I was like, "Wait, this isn't the end of the the show." <laughs> yeah. I thought, and I'm telling you, was the end of this show. Ah. So when it played right before intermission, I was like, what's going on here in this house? <laughs> this isn't the end of the movie, but it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it was, there's a lot of like weird things I noticed too. Like she's supposed, Beyonce's supposed to play Cleopatra in this like movie musical in the movie, like Deanna, her character. And all I could think was Foxy Cleopatra. Like I was like, she ended up <laughs> playing her. Christ. In Austin Powers, gold member. Literally, this is my taste. This like is, now, people yeah, are starting to see what's yeah, up. Yeah, and uh, then the house that they that Dina and Curtis live in is the same house from Last Man on Earth, the comedy. I was like, I know that house. Yeah, it's like their Malibu house. Yep. 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 Um, there's also, I guess it's the Times too, but like, Effie names her daughter Magic, and. <laughs> Kurt, and Curtis says something to one of them like, "Baby, you always be sixteen to me." And I was like, "That made me vomit too." Yeah. Well, Curtis is a, is a creep. He's he's a you he's know he's a creep. He's low down. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> two more things, and then we can I'll lead, I'll let you join into the conversation. Um, I yes, Anika Noni Rose puts on this wig at the third act of the film. Where she literally is Lisa Rinna. It's Lisa Rinna's haircut. I hate to say it. I was it's like, when she's singing. Um, yeah, it's when they're doing the patient song. When they're yes. yeah, they're trying to get Curtis to let um, James Thunder Early sing this like um, really civil good right song. song. Yeah, and he won't. And he won't. And I was like, Lisa, you got to convince them. Um, I also guessed that Jimmy Early was going to die. Like literally after that scene, when he sang, and I literally was like, and Jimmy Early dies. And then literally five minutes later, it's like breaking news. Well, yeah, when he, when he, when after they get, when, when Critters poo-poos their idea of recording that song and he brings out the heroin kid, I'm like, oh, well he's done. He's going to die soon. Yeah. Um, and then Curtis is dating a guy at the, or not dating a guy, dating this girl at the end. And I thought it was hoops from flavor of love. She looked almost identical. I was like, is that Hoops? Is she here? Is this her start? Um, Another cameo. I guess it it wasn't real. Um, And then I thought One Night Only was a Diana Ross song. I didn't realize it was from Dreamgirls. One Night Only. I mean, again, it's another song that's been covered by every disco queen. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, this is. And they even do a Diana Ross photo shoot. Like, I'm like, 
is this Diana Ross's story? No, it like, is. It's, it's, it's spot it's, on. It's inspired by their story. Yes. How does Tracy Ellis feel about it? I don't think she cares. <laughs> I think she's like awesome. <laughs> Me. Dreamgirls is great. <laughs> How does okay. Evan, Evan and Ashley feel about it? Oh my God. All right. So anything else you want to say? No, the cast is stacked. It's, the cast is really stacked. It's a really good movie. Like I said, it made me cry. These are all like my funny tidbits. But if you've seen the movie, like, and we invite you guys to watch all the movies that we're going to be talking about. We're actually going to release our next two films at the end of this episode. Yes. But if you watch it with clear eyes, because I'd never seen it, it's an amazing film. Yes. And it's a jumpstart to so many careers. Like you said, Jennifer Hudson, this was her thing right after American Idol. I was the biggest American Idol fan. Like, I actually wrote it in my school paper. Right. Like, recapping American Idol right. back when... Not my school paper, my local paper. Well, to me, it's one of the biggest shocks of the earth that she wasn't, like, one of the... Like, that she wasn't either the winner of her season or... It was or, a blessing. I mean, yeah. Because she would have been locked into those death contracts that they're yes. locked into. Kelly Clarkson's finally free. Yes. But, because... Mm, we could do from Justin to Kelly one time because I love that movie. That's a musical oh, movie oh, I saw. Give me a highbrow film she's been in and we'll do it. She she hasn't been in a highbrow film. Sorry, Kelly, I love you, but you haven't. So, um, before we move on to Norbert, should I just give a little more stats on the movie? Yeah, I want to talk about the movie with you a little bit more because I feel like I just kind of gave like a really weird. Well, so note. the film, um, again, uh, besides the the direction is a little clunky. Um. Bill Condon um, won his Academy Award for adapting Chicago to the screen. Um, I love Chicago. Yeah, he wrote he, um, he wrote Rob Marshall's Chicago, the one that the one with Catherine Zeta and Renee Zellweger. That's yes. her. So this is his. Um, so this was him, kind of after that, taking you know charge like, and I'm directing himself, another. and okay. he also wrote Dreamgirls. So okay. the writing is the adaptation of this is fabulous, and the direction is a little clunky, but it's honestly for. I think it was like one of his first films. I think it's really well done. The production value is phenomenal. I think it's visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer Hudson never having done a film ever. I think that it is a spectacular performance. I think this was her first film. Yes. I mean, I think that she just, there's so much of Effie already inside of her that I think she was just able to kind of access it. Really go. And yeah. I really, and I thought Beyonce was great too. I, again, she's not, at this point in her career, not known as an actress, only known as sort of a singer and a performer. I thought she was great. Um, she did get a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress and didn't win, which she shouldn't have because her role wasn't big enough. But, like, it was nice that she got rec- yeah. recognized. Um, I thought she was good. I thought she was good. And Anika Noni Rose was a perfect choice for Laurel. She, honestly, she was my favorite. Yeah. And so let's, like, talk about the Eddie Murphy of it all. So yes. this was Eddie's chance to win an Oscar. This okay. was his moment. He um, was nominated for the SAG Award and won. He was nominated for the Golden Globe and won. Um, he was often nominated with the same people on all of these um, – uh, awards ceremonies. Um, Dream Girls, the film itself was nominated for the PGA was nominated for the DGA. Um, and again, these, this was back when the nominees were only five. So it was very highly competitive. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, so much happens between when the movie comes out, when Oscar nominations are announced. And like I said, Norbit came out and we'll get into this later, but Norbit was such a blow to Eddie's press on dream girls. It sucked up a lot of the oxygen around how good his work was, um, in dream girls. And it, it reminded people of all the shitty movies he made in the nineties. 
I don't think that's an excuse not to award an amazing performance. And again, if you go back and look at the other people that were in that category, I still think Eddie is the winner. But unfortunately, he was snubbed and he lost to Alan Arkin from Little Miss Sunshine. Whatever. I think that performance is fine. But I think the Academy likes Alan Arkin and that's sort of why he won. Like white people. Yeah. I don't think think that other, other people who have... And again, we'll talk about this a little later, but other people who have been in similar situations as Eddie Murphy have still won their Oscars even when bad films will come out at the same time. But we'll get into that later because there's a special name for it that I want to get into after we talk about Norbit. Yes. Um, and yeah, this was, Jennifer Hudson won her Oscar for this film. Uh, it was nominated for eight Academy Awards, but was famously snubbed for Best Picture and Best Director. Um, out of nowhere, um, Clint argue, I mean, I haven't seen it. I, well, I want to. Um, people argue that Letters from Iwo Jima is Clint Eastwood's, one of his best films ever made, and he snuck in there last minute for director and picture for Letters of Iwo Jima. It was the follow-up to his other um, war epic, Flags of Our Fathers. Um, it was nominated, though, for eight. Three of those nominations were for best song. They lost to uh, Melissa Etheridge's uh, um, in, uh, song she wrote for An Inconvenient Truth. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I believe it did... So then in terms of what it did win, it won Best Sound Mixing, obviously, because the seamlessness with which the recordings of the songs and it was just, it was beautifully done. Um, And then it won Best Supporting Actress, Jennifer Hudson. It lost uh, three Best Original Songs, which was never going to win all three, Costume Design, Art Direction, and Best Supporting Actor, Eddie Murphy. Bummer. So that's the highbrow moment for Eddie Murphy. Yeah. We now need to journey elsewhere. (laughs) So why don't we take over and uh, you talk about Norbit? Well, I want you to give me a synopsis of what Norbit is about really quick. This movie was so hard to follow that I um, had to write it all down. Um, So it's not hard to follow the simple synopsis of this movie. Give it to me. Okay. It's 1968. Um, Oh, you're starting from the very beginning. uh, Yeah. Norbit, um, a young, um, nervous, nerdy, I guess, um, young black kid, um, lives at the Golden Wonton Orphanage. Yes, it's a restaurant and an orphanage, as they are. And um, he's taken care of by um, Mr. Wonton. Mr. Wong. Mr. Wong. Gosh, don't get his name wrong. Um, Also played by Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Yes, Eddie Murphy is playing an Asian man in Asian face. It's, It's like a full prosthetic. This is two minutes in. I, anyway, I, this moment I literally go, oh, Matthew's going to rip me apart. Um, I really wrote black man, Asian face. I can't believe this. Um, so, so um, he's a young, young orphan just trying to make it in the world. And um, he uh, becomes attached to this, um, this uh, busty lady named Rasputia. And, um, <laughs> and um, he basically gets um, tricked into marrying her. She's very abusive, very um, destructive, very mean. Um, they, uh, their sex life is very um, athletic, I would say. Um, uh, Happy President's oh my Day. God, I totally stopped taking <laughs> notes because now I'm so confused. Oh, no, no, wait, okay. Tandy Newton, Tandy Newton. There we go. So then fast forward, um, Norbit and Rasputia are married. Oh, God, by the way, Eddie Murphy also plays Rasputia if that didn't. If you didn't connect those dots. So we'll talk about, I have things I want to talk so, about with this though. Anyway, so they get married. They're having a miserable time or rather, uh, Norbit is, is, um, 
one thing I forgot to mention is when he was a child in the orphanage, he connected with um, uh, a young girl there, Kate. And they um, ha- they had a really strong bond, but unfortunately they were separated when Kate got adopted and Norbert didn't. And so then fast forward all these years later, Norbert's miserable married to Rasputia, and Kate appears. She materializes, and they reconnect, and it's so wonderful. But unfortunately... Um, Tandy Newton's character Kate is um, dating uh, this guy named uh, I don't know his what's his character's name uh, but Dion Dion played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, again the cast is actually pretty good it's um, a great cast it's um, stacked and uh, basically it's this um, it, oh yes okay so then there are Respucia and her brothers yes yeah, so there's yes. three brothers so yeah Respucia and her brothers. Um, kind of team up behind Norbit's back with Dion. Yes. To buy out the orphanage. Yes. Because... The restaurant has a liquor license. Okay, yeah. Give me this, because I don't really remember. And they want to open up their titty bar called Nippleopolis. (laughs) And the only way that they could do this is because it it would take too long to get a liquor license anywhere else. So they were like, we'll take over the Golden Wonton. And make that Nippleopolis. Um, yes. So long story short, um, those plans are thwarted. Uh, Norbit saves the day. He saves the orphanage and him and Kate are reunited and they fall in love and everything's great. And they get married under the big oak tree. Yes. They get married under the big it's oak the tree. It's a beautiful romantic comedy that true love always endures. Um, so I'm going to just read off some, uh, so that's the plot. If you can call it that. Um, I'm going to just read some other notes that I, I wrote. Um, David Newman. Okay, actually, so um, a, a friend of mine, Diana Newman, an amazing opera singer, um, her father is David Newman. Um, uh, the Newmans are a very famous musical family. Randy Newman, Thomas Newman, her father, David Newman. They're all mus- musicians, composers, whatever. Um, David wrote... Um, uh, David is more of a conductor. He's a famous uh, conductor, but he also writes as well. And he... If, if this is the same David Newman, which I believe it is, um, he wrote the score. So, Diana, you and I have to talk. I need to interview your father. But let me say, the score and soundtrack of this film... Not bad. ...is great. I will... That's The, the music w- of this film is amazing. Yes. The soundtrack's fire. It's all, it's all music I listened to growing up, so it's... I mean, it might not be for everybody, but... Right. It's um, fun. And then I wrote... I forgot... I So then, yes. I forgot that Eddie Murphy's shtick is to play... Everyone. Everyone. I, I truly forgot that. So I literally sat there looking at Mr. Wong going, who the fuck is that? And then started cackling, being like, holy shit, it's Eddie Murphy. Why did I not assume? Oh, God. Um, See, uh, I, I find so much art in that. Like him and Tyler Perry. Like I would love to do a movie where I play, play everyone in the movie. I mean, I, I think it's great. That's fine. Just not Mr. Wong. Asian faces, maybe not. Uh, no, I will only road. play myself. Or like versions of um, me. Quote, you married a gorilla. That's talking about Rasputia. Rasputia. Good little racist humor. Um, tons of homophobia in this movie. Tons. There was like two parts. Tons. Um, yeah, like I said, the breaking the bed montage. I had to pause it. I, I was like, gee, I had to take a second. Um, titty honks? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So, um something that she w- would happen in the film a lot is Rasputia, every time she'd get into her car, her boobs would be so large that they would press up against the steering wheel and honk. So she'd always have to bust up against the it's steering wheel a great gag. It's to a great- get uh, her seat back. 
I love, I love the. Um, <laughs> Marlon Wayans plays a cameo as a fucking weird dance teacher who sleeps with He's, Rasputia. His name is Buster, and he does what's his uh selling hose? No, it's topper oh. size, right? Isn't oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, selling hose is the license plate. Yes. No, Selen Hose is a license plate for my two favorite characters, played by Eddie Griffin and Cat Williams, which is Pope Sweet Jesus and Lord Have Mercy, the two pimps, former pimps, who run the barbecue joint down the street, who take care of Eddie. Because Rasputia has to get, like, three racks of ribs every day, so we always That's just go pick right. them up. That's right. That's oh my God. I love Pope Sweet Jesus and Lord Have Mercy. They are the best yeah, part. Rasputia is cheating. Um, The puppet show. Oh, so he does – He so Norbit still works at the orphanage. He volunteers there. Right. And does puppet shows for all the kids. Right. <laughs> and right after Rasputia breaks up with him, which is when Kate comes in um, – or doesn't break up with him, cheats on him, his puppets go a little wild, and he starts acting out his life with the puppets, and it's like – you bitch ass like what you doing it's really crazy but um, it's it's funny and then again i wrote tanny newton in all caps i wrote kuba in all caps and then i wrote the last one i wrote because i just could i had to i had to put i had to put my pen and paper down and just watch and just get through it um what the fuck why does she kill the fucking dog she doesn't kill the dog i know but i thought she did because for no fucking reason this crazy bitch Decides to just no. drive headfirst no. in this poor puppy. No, you missed that whole part at the beginning of the movie. So the dog won't stop barking, and it always barks at Respucia. So she's so oh, annoyed. With, she's so annoyed with the dog and the old lady, and she like is yelling at the old lady. That finally, when she sees the dog and she sees her opportunity, she's like, "I'm gonna go for the dog." The dog okay. doesn't die, and later he gives advice to Norbit. He speaks to Norbit, and is like, "You can, you can do this. You can make it out with his little wheelchair legs." It's a great, it's a great arc for the dog. All right. Well, so that's basically all I had. Um, why don't you enlighten people about the stats on this one? Okay. But before we get into the stats, literally this movie, like I said, was one of those movies I watched a hundred million times when I was a kid. No, at front to end. Watching it back, there are a lot of problems. It's not... <laughs> it could not be made today. Absolutely um, not. But I still enjoy it for what it is. It has a lot of my favorite... Like, a lot of my favorite jokes, a lot of my favorite, like, memories. Like, one of my favorite jokes is uh, they do this, well, they do this, um, like, launch in, um, Respucia gets into, like, the inflatable house, and she, like, launches a kid, essentially. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many times after we saw this movie, my friends and I and my brother would try to launch each other in I'm sure um, jump houses because of Respucia. Um, but... She, they do this whole thing and she launches this girl up into the air and she lands into a hay bale behind Pope Sweet Jesus and Lord Have Mercy, the pimps. And he goes, oh man, it's, it's raining, raining white girls. And she goes, she better move because I'm, I'm wishing, she's like, all my wishes are coming true. And Pope Sweet Jesus goes, well, she better move because my wish is for a Cadillac. And so I love that line because it's like, all these white girls are flying down from the, the sky. My wish is coming true. He's like, well, she better move because I wish for a Cadillac. Great line. See, great that's the thing is like, that's all that they needed. They didn't need Mr. I, Wong. Well, Mr. Wong has, a, I think Mr. Wong is really funny too, but like he could have been played by an actual Asian, an person. Actual Asian person because it's, but, but I like the whole idea of like Norbert was raised by the, his like Asian parents basically of the orphanage and like he's had this whole life and he, and Mr. Wong is a great character because he's every time he's like, Norbert, you need to step up. Like, you need to grow up and be a man. Like, get away from Rasputia. Yeah. He's kind of always been his, I like to think of 
Mr. Wong is like the Jiminy Cricket of the movie where even though it's harsh, he's trying to give good advice to Norbit the whole time. And he's also obsessed with uh, Moby Dick. So at the end, he's able to like um, pierce Rasputia with the whale spear because he calls her a whale. But Mr. But Mr. Wong says arguably some of the most offensive things in the movie. Yeah, because he's old. Like me, I'm like, whatever. Okay, so let's get into the stats give me, of this guess, movie. Give us some stats. And these stats are a stark contrast to the ones I gave for Not Dream really. Girls. This movie was nominated for an Academy Award. How many? One. But still. For makeup. That's an Academy Award. For makeup. Still. For makeup. Oscar-nominated film, Norbit. <clears throat> also, Razzie Award winner. It was nominated By for- By the way, for those of you who don't know, the Raspberry Awards or the Razzies are the worst of the year- uh, it is my goal to be to, to win a Razzie. I want to win worst actor at the Razzies. Yeah. Like that is actually, it's that. You want to do that and show up. Yes. Show up and accept the award. I, uh, Kids Choice Award I, or Teen Choice I want that surfboard. I want a blimp. I want to get slimed and I want a Razzie. Yeah. These are my goals. This is why I'm, lo- you want an Oscar. You want an EGOT. I want a Razzie. This, yeah. is, this is who we are. You want to re, you want a re-got. T- t- I want to. Because you want a Teen Choice Award and then. An R, like a Razzie. So we got, we got, we'll get there. Um, So this is, so they won. They were nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Razzies. Nominations for worst screenplay, worst director, worst on-screen couple, worst actor for Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh. And worst picture. Wait, so Eddie wasn't nominated for worst actor? Worst actor was winner Eddie Murphy. Oh, okay. So they were both nominated. But he won. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Where supporting actress was also a winner, Eddie Murphy. Oh. (laughs) Worst supporting actor was also a winner, won by Eddie Murphy for Mr. Wong. (laughs) So he sweeped actor, best supporting actress, best supporting actor. That is, I was afraid you were going to say Tanny Newton. I'm like, oh no. No, Eddie Murphy won all three, which I think is the greatest thing. That is amazing. that's, That's, I mean, in 2010, he did win the Razzie for Worst Actor of the Decade, which included this film. But, like, he's not. He just, I think, so this is my, this is me, like, going for Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is a stand-up comic. Eddie Murphy came from the world of comedy. This is the stuff he loves to do. He enjoys doing. This is, he wrote this movie. Like, yes. he wrote this yes. film. Yes. It's funny. It's, there's great jokes. It's an entertaining movie. Like he also is allowed to go and try and do and be amazing in dramas. It shouldn't affect him either way what he decides to do if he decides to do this movie or not. I think there are plenty of other actors who have bad movies that people don't rag on like this. Like, yeah, there is bad things in this movie, but there's so much worse in other films. And like, I think this, I just know. I think I really people think were just, is, I think people were just um, like, it's like a, were a whiplash yeah because he started out so strong on snl and with his first films he started out so strong being not only himself but being funny but also it's it showed his range of his expertise and then when okay. he got into like the the dr doolittle of it all the daddy daycare of it all when he in the 90s and in the 2000s well, those are all my favorite movies daddy i daycare know but they're favorite. kind of a mess like they're kind of they are they're, the joke not all the jokes land no. some of them are highly offensive yeah they're you know it's a you know so i think now, getting into, though, this particular moment that we're talking about, Norbert and Dreamgirls, I actually want to... You need to discuss what yes, went down. Yes, because Vanity Fair actually wrote an article about this a couple years ago. Um, 
called The Triumph and Tragedy of Eddie Murphy. They wrote it in 2017. And it's sort of about this I this idea that he is so good and he is so talented, but people write him off because of some of the things that he's made. And I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think that that's fair. I think it's kind of ridiculous. But in this moment when Norbit and Dreamgirls came out at the same time, I can see a bunch of stuffy Academy members being like, you disgrace the art form, you are, how dare you, la, 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 just like kind of being too highbrow, if you yeah. ask me, and wanting to punish him. Um, and I think that's what happened here. And it's it, it was so apparent that it's been called the Norbit effect. Yeah, they so named it after him. They named it after him. So um, some of these actors actually might show up uh, sometime in um, our podcast, but uh, Alec Baldwin, Anne Hathaway, um, Tom Hanks, there are, there are examples of people that say that movies came out the same time that their Oscar push came out and it affected their chances. Um, and they literally called it the Norbert effect because they, that's what they say happened to Eddie Murphy. So I do think some of his films are garbage, but I think that he has done such great work that like one day we need to acknowledge how good this man is. We need to shower him with more praise. And I thought we were going to with Dolomite is my name, which by the way, must see it if you haven't. And I thought that's what was going to happen. And it, it didn't. So, uh, yeah, I just, it, it makes me upset because I think it's a twofold problem that I think we see in Hollywood a lot where one, actors who started as comedians are not ever given the actual like recognition they deserve. Of being like, an actor? Of being an actor because, yep. yeah, drama is hard, but so is comedy. Comedy's harder. Comedy is harder. Everyone tells you drama is, yeah, drama's hard, comedy's harder. Everyone yeah, says that. it's tough to like get the timing right, get the, the, it's all about tone and inflection and every little detail. And most people are just born with it. They, it's, 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 you can they, either do it or you they can't. They just, they, it's in their brains it's you know what I mean and Eddie was born for Eddie it. was born to do this and it's it's upsetting I think that's the first problem and the second problem is like I also think like people of color who are actors are not have not gotten the recognition that they deserve and people find small little things to punish them about this isn't a terrible movie this shouldn't have cost him the Oscar no at all. I mean, and, and, and Alan Arkin's going to win? That dinosaur has won how many awards? Let him die. Well, that, 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 or is he dead? I'm that, sorry. N- well, he is dead. Um, so, uh, RIP <laughs> to Al AA. But that he, for me, he wasn't the best part of that film. Arguably, Eddie is the best part of Dreamgirls. I, you could argue he yeah. is. To me, he's the thing that drives no, that train. He, no, because he his he gets the girls. He has the whole thing with his Lottie. vocals are fantastic. Okay, that's the thing. Eddie Murphy can sing. Everyone, he's multi talented. I Eddie Murphy is a star. No, and that's why we wanted to start with him because I love Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and we just this we thought this was such a good example of like these actors make these choices and have these huge ranges and their careers are just like all over the place. And we just like love talking about why they made these choices and why they did this in it. But can I also say something that I feel like this has had lasting effects in comedy and in film because we don't have fun movies anymore. No, no one's allowed to make a fun movie and everyone who has a fun movie, it's like, it never makes it to see the light of day. Everything has to be, or it's like, um, it has to be a highbrow comedy. It has to have all these layers of meaning. Why can't we just have a stupid film about a a wayward relationship? A guy who just wants to like, I honestly think we're on the precipice of this coming back because I think that cancel culture has gone so far in one direction that, uh, people get are are kind of 
saying we don't need to be offended about every single thing. And so I think comedies are going to start coming back where we start to, we become equal opportunity offenders again and we start making fun of everyone but again. But it's not even just that. It's, it's a story doesn't have to tell a deep emotional meaning. It doesn't have to have some moral. It doesn't have to, like this movie is just about a fun movie about a romantic comedy gone haywire. But there does need to be, I will push back a little bit. There need, there's precision with comedy, yeah. even when it's lowbrow. Well, I mean, this is still, I mean, you this, know, this is a story about a man overcoming his own insecurities and becoming the person he was meant to be for the woman he wants to actually love, which is the story. Okay. He's been, he's his whole life. He's been put down. He was never accepted. He was, he's always been like, you're never good enough. Be with Rasputia. He finds his power through his love and he takes that love to the ultimate, uh, you know, the ultimate place. And that love is what saves the day. It saves the orphanage. It saves Tandy from Dion who has like, three other wives and a ton of kids and is just playing her. It's, it's a, see, that's what I mean. It's just a fun film and it doesn't have to be that deep. It's just about a guy overcoming his own insecurities to win the love of his life back. That's fair. And one more thing I did want to do before we moved on and wrap this up is I wanted to read the Rotten Tomatoes consensus for both of these films because I think it literally, it's what we're talking about is baked into both of these. So for dream girls, 79%. 208 reviews, which is solid back in the day. And it's 71% audience score of 250,000 ratings plus. And the critics consensus was dream girls, simple characters and plot hardly detract from the movie's real feats, the electrifying performances and the dazzling musical numbers, which I would agree. Yeah. But then listen to this Norbit 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, 123 reviews, 53% audience. That's review. not bad. Not bad. So it's like you were like 50, 50, yeah. you know? Coming off his not Oscar-nominated performance in Dreamgirls, the talented but inconsistent Eddie Murphy plays three roles in Norbit, a cruel, crass, stereotype-filled comedy that's more depressing than funny. Yeah. But baked into the consensus, is a, it talks Oscar. about Dreamgirls. Yeah. It's such bullshit. I'm really glad Halle Berry didn't suffer the same fate with Catwoman. I'm glad we fucking gave her the Oscar she deserved and didn't write I her liked, off for Catwoman. I liked Catwoman. Was that not a good movie? Edward. See? She, I love Halle Berry. She, she accepted good. the Razzie for that one, didn't because she? Because she's a badass bitch. Yes, she did. Yes, she fucking did. Movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. Okay, let's move. <laughs> let's move to our final part where we're gonna do ratings and our highbrow and lowbrow of the movie. So, okay. what was your highbrow moment of um, Norbit? What was your lowbrow moment of Norbit? And what do you rate Norbit? Okay, my highbrow moment. Honestly, the highbrow moment, which I thought was very sweet, was at the end when they, the, the, the bringing us back to the, the tree where they, they met under there and they promised their love under the tree and then they promised their love again under the tree. I thought that was a very good dramatic device. Okay. My lowbrow moment. I mean, I don't know where to begin. I, I, I think, I think him playing all three of those characters is, I, I. Mr. Wong is so bad. I, 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 everything that came out of his mouth was so offensive. I, it, that has to be the worst. He's a lot. Mr. Wong is a yeah. lot to take in. Okay. Come so over, then, Link, Link, get over here with then, your bad self. Um, Eddie, you came up with this rating system, which I love. Um, I give this one out of five Matthews. One Matthew out of five. Yes. Um, one being not very good. Five being quite good. Very highbrow. Um, it gotta give it a one. It, this this was a this was a tough film for me to watch. I love Eddie Murphy, but this was tough. Okay. Okay. What was your highbrow moment of Dreamgirls? Your lowbrow moment of Dreamgirls? And how many Eddies do you give this? Okay. So I think my highbrow moment of 
Dream Girls was um, the moment, and it's the moment that made me cry. It's the moment at the end when they bring out Effie and they just show her daughter. It's going to make me cry again. They show her daughter in the audience and you just saw the daughter earlier that was like, she was so embarrassed and so just, she did not want Effie to be her mother at all. Um, when she's in like the trying to find a job and then just seeing how proud she is at the end of her mom. It's literally making me cry again. Like this movie, you see this? this movie does stuff to you. Um, I feel like this is going to happen to you a lot this on this podcast. I'm going to be angry at you and you're going to be emotional. Um, yeah, it just really, it was one of those moments in a movie where I was just like, wow, that was so beautifully done. And the way that they just lingered on each of the faces and they wasn't too much of the singing. It was just enough on the daughter that I was like, wow, this is a beautiful moment. Lowbrow um, has to be the Jackson five that they literally just reworked ABC <laughs> to perform. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really? I was like, this is literally ABC. Like I'm also a Jackson five fan. Totally, totally, totally. Grew totally. up with MJ as well. Girl meets boy, boy, boy meets girl. girl. They yeah, get fall like, okay. in love in a perfect world. Yeah. But that was, yeah. So I could, I'm going to give... Dream Girls, I'm gonna give it five Eddies out of five because this was a movie that I absolutely did adore. I did love. I didn't find really anything bad with it. I was like, I would listen to all these songs if they were on like my Spotify. Uh, I really thought everyone in it was perfectly cast. It was a great story. I mean, it was an amazing story, but it was like a good story. Like I have to give it five Eddies out of five. Do you happen to know how much this, how much Norbert made or how much it cost? I just, I, I'm pretty sure just cause I have a photograph in my head. I'm pretty sure it cost 80 million and they made 133 million. Norbit? No, no, no. Dream girls. <laughs> I don't give a shit about. No. <laughs> 80 million to no. make Norbit? Dream girls. I believe they made close to 133 million and it cost 80 million to make. So they made back Where their money. Anybody fighting $80 million. <laughs> Right. And um, it was one of the highest grossing. It was like in the top 10, I think, of highest grossing films of 2006. I don't know if Norbit was the same. Well, it was highest grossing in my heart. But that I'm so glad we're doing this. This is so much fun. Yeah. No, this is great. This is so much fun. Um, we're going to obviously have many more episodes throughout the end of the year. Yes. Um, our next episode, should we announce the movies and our yes. actors? Yes. So what we want you guys to do is we want you guys to watch these films with us so that you can follow along and have your own comments. Um, so next time when you see us, uh, the beautiful, the talented, one of my favorite actresses of all time. You actually picked this for I did. Um, Sandra Bullock will be our actor extraordinaire. Um, the highbrow film that we will be watching is the 90-minute brilliant brilliant movie directed by Alfonso Cuaron, Gravity. What's and <laughs> the Little Brown movie is one that I saw in theaters, one that I thought was hilarious at the time. And I was like, wow, Sandy, you got it. Um, great comedy, All About Steve. <laughs> and let me just say, it was hard to pick between All About Steve and Speed 2 Cruise Control, but I think we picked... No, I mean, Speed 2 Cruise Control, I love a good speed. So it's... And but you, again, so I haven't seen All About Steve, so that's sort of why we picked it, because yeah. I need to see it with fresh eyes. And You would have... You, I think you've already seen Speed Cruise control, right? Yeah, like when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's not really a bad mm. movie. No, it's a terrible movie. Speed is great. Speed 2 is not. I mean, I... Uh, I <laughs> okay, maybe we will do... Well, because Willem Dafoe is in Speed 2. So no, if we I want to do, do all about Steve. I No, but we again, if we do Willem Dafoe at some point, we can do... He's the villain in Speed 2. It's possible. There's other movies, maybe. So, uh, thank you all so much for joining us for the first episode of Highbrow, yes. Lowbrow. And... Make sure you subscribe to us on a million different places. We are going to be on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, 
And obviously, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes, or Spotify. Yeah. Did I do them all? You did them all. That's where we're going to be, and that's where you can find us. And we're so excited to get this started. Make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we're open to suggestions. Suggestions. Yes, please. We do not know everything. You, uh, we. If you have an actor that you're like, just look into their, you know, look into look their, their IMDb resume. and tell me what you see. Yeah. Uh, please help us but, out. Yeah. So, thank you. I love you. Love you too. This was so fun. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>